And of course, joining me in Studio B in lovely Salem, Massachusetts, is your co-host, Rowan Pendragon. Rowan, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'd be better <laughs> if it, the weather was back to the way it was last week. What's the weather like? Oh, it's gotten back to, it's in the 40s, and it's, actually right now it's 41. <laughs> it's mm. raining. It's cold. It's gray. It's back to where it was. So winter has returned. Spring made a very brief return visit and now we're back to winter so it's like that here too it's just it, it i don't know what the hell really happened cold all of a sudden yeah i mean yeah, it, it was, just got really cold all of a sudden it was funny because i'm looking at the weather and i'm like oh let's see what's gonna happen now that this whole thing because we had a weird weekend here too it, and actually yesterday we had a hail so it was just a it's been a weird few days and so looking at the weather and yeah we're gonna barely get in out of the 50s for the majority of the next week i think we had one day where they're predicting like 62 degrees but oh joy yeah so we're right back to crappy weather again thanks thanks a lot well you know mercury's just that's mercury screwing with the weather well you know this was what was funny last week we had a new moon in aries and now Mm -hmm. i had it hadn't so much occurred to me that that was happening because at the same time we were having this awesome weather we were having like 75 80 degree days here and it was gorgeous out and and i honestly felt for like two or three days as though someone had flipped a switch on me and like Mm -hmm. i was you know sleeping normal again i was getting up in the morning and like getting stuff done and i was out and about and everything was awesome and then i had looked and noticed it was a new moon in aries and as an aries that is going to affect you a little bit right. more so of course i'm like oh well that's why i feel so and it, and it's a new moon so of course there's that so i'm like oh so this is why i feel so like woohoo, you know mm-hmm. and then now on top of the weather and then as soon as the the moon started to shift and the weather went back to being poopy i went right back to, <laughs> to where i had been and now i'm like going to bed at seven in the morning and getting up at four thirty in the afternoon again <laughs> it's just awful mm. so come on mother nature help me out here <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we have a a really big announcement to make, a long-awaited announcement to make. Yes. And that is that Modern Witch magazine is now available. In print. In print. Because yes. we've had it in digital, but we've got it yes. now in print. 
Yes. So if you are interested and you'd like to purchase your copy of Modern Witch Magazine, you can visit um, www.modernwitchmag.com and um, you can order your copy there. Um, there's there's all that information that is put up. And so far, the feedback's been really, really positive. Yeah. So I'm excited. You can also get it on Amazon, we, we, I found. So that's yes. good. Yes. So, yeah. And, and soon it'll be available in a store near you. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's, that's the, that's the goal. Um, so that, 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 so that's one big thing that of course has happened this week. And then we'll be releasing, um, we've been, we've been very busy bees working on a website relaunch because there's all of this stuff with modern, Witch. I mean, modern, Witch isn't just the podcast anymore. Now it's the podcast, the vidcast, the magazine, there's, uh, the blog, there's, you know, our own individual blogs and our own individual projects. And so, um, we decided to do something a little different and kind of put them all together in one place for you. And that'll be modernwitchonline.com. Um, so do check us out there. That'll soon be the official um, website for, for, well, Modern Witch, for all the stuff that we're doing. So that's going to be really, really cool. And I'm really excited about that specifically because, oh, it is time. I'm so sick of having everything <laughs> so spread out. So that's going to be cool. We'll also be able to put classes on there. I'm actually working right now. Um, I've been working on uh, my first e-course that I'll be offering on modernwitchonline.com. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but, of course, I've learned the mistake of of uh, announcing things too soon. But um, So I don't know when it's going to be up, but I'm working on it now, and it's going to be on psychic development for witches. So I'm really excited about that because I think I've – this is one of my, it's one of my most popular workshops. So I'm really familiar with the material and I thought, well, this will be a good little experiment, you know, to, to see how this online e-course stuff works, um, in this capacity. So that'll be interesting. And I know Rowan, you've got some stuff in the works. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's been nuts. I've been do. I'm also doing a relaunch of all of my stuff. So right now, if you go to rowanpendragon.com, the site is under construction but there's a very pretty page for you to look at in the meantime and links to all my other stuff but what i'm doing originally i had i had planned to move everything over to onewitchesway.com because that's where my blog is and that's where most people go to find my stuff and i sell i have all of my readings are available there everything i offer is available there so i was going to move everything there and then i kind of had a moment where i was thinking about it and looking at all the stuff that i was working on and i said you know this is kind of stupid i should actually do it the other way put everything on rowanpendragon.com so that's what i'm doing now so rowanpendragon.com is now closed for construction one witch's way is still up but i'm not likely to be doing any blogging really in the next month while i am so focused on doing this other stuff so um, May 1st is when I'm projecting at the latest. That's like my, my launch date, but I have a feeling I may have it out before then. Um, but I will, you'll be able to, one witch's way will now be part of rowanpendragon.com. So you'll be able to find it there, but I'm also going to be redirecting from the other URL, um, if for people that don't, you know, don't find it. Um, and then, uh, I'll have a whole bunch of new stuff coming up on there. I'm going to have, um, both free and purchasable PDF um, little workshops and eBooks and all kinds of things. I'm planning to start recording uh, meditations to put up on there. I also have my video page is now going to be up on there, which cause it's not terribly active. Um, so I'm going to start doing that more. And um, 
Yeah, and like my e-courses and stuff, actually my tarot course that I used to do online is going to now be um, an e-course, and I'm working on that, and that should be out in a few months um, for, for the page. So I have all that going on, and I decided, I had like one of those weird kind of little revelations where it was like I needed to start scaling back and sort of refusing things for a time <laughs> so that I could focus on this, because I, I was saying on Facebook the other day, you know, I'm so big on telling everybody, especially people who come to me looking for advice on pretty much anything, your foundation has to be solid before you can do anything. You know, you can't create or build your your craft, your path, your marriage, your love life, your career, anything, if your foundation in yourself isn't solid. And I realized that I had been completely ignoring my own foundation. So that's what kind of led me to decide that I need to completely retool my business end of everything that I do and my websites and all that and kind of re reevaluate what it is I want to put out there and kind of refocus. So that's what the entire month of April is going to be about for me because it needs to get done. So it is time. It is time that these things happen. And, um, yeah, well, yeah. And I know, let's see. So we talked to Chaz from Carnivalia and, um, he is going to be making modern witch a very special talking board. So, I mean, of course, he's, like, known for his talking boards on com. So this is going to be really, really neat because we'll have a one-of-a-kind um, piece of art, of spiritual art, made just for us. So and it'll be available only at the Modern Witch e-store. So all kinds of cool. Yeah, so there's that. There's, there's an obscene amount of cool stuff that's coming everyone's way. So stay tuned because that's what we do. We do obscene, crazy things. Um so yeah, so and then uh, one of the other so there's a couple actually bigger kind of pagan stories that are that are circulating right now. Um, of course, we've got like the Wild Hunt is now going to be a podcast or going to have a podcast, which I'm really excited about um, because I love Jason and I love all the stuff that he gets to do, um, and so that's that's really neat. Um, and then of course, it's, let's see the the Salem Witches Museum is now the, closed. Not the Salem Witches Museum. <laughs> the, okay. The, the um, as as a lot of people probably know, which school moved from where they were in Illinois and moved to Salem a couple of years ago, and in the process of coming here, they had decided to open up a museum, the World of Witches Museum. Um, and last oh, two weeks ago, two three weeks ago, Don Lewis, who most people know as Reverend Don, um, had some health issues and was hospitalized for some cardiac issues while he was down in Florida. And as a result, um, just kind of uh, came back with a diagnosis of needed, well, a prognosis of, you know, you'll do well if you relax. And so he needed to kind of apparently cut some of his projects down and cut some stress out. And one of those things that they, um, that he decided uh, needed to maybe close up was the museum. Now, the thing about this, it's interesting is some of the, you know, I, first of all, I have to say, I, I wish Reverend Don well, you know, I'm not a big fan of which school, but I, you know, he, him and Ed Hubbard have done a lot, you know, in the community in the last handful of years, which school, you know, introduces a lot of people to the craft and that's a wonderful thing. Um, so of course you wish them well and, and hope that, you know, Don stays healthy and gets everything back on track and that which school, you know, continues to do what it does and, and all that. 
But the thing that was interesting was the that museum, which I never got a chance to go to. I go past it constantly, but I've never been into the museum. And the museum had only been open for a year and a half. They opened in the summer of 2010. So they hadn't even been open for two years. Um, and this... Reverend Don has said this was a pet project of his. This was just something he'd always wanted to do. And so they, if you go on to their YouTube page, you'll see they constantly were filming um, all kinds of stuff from the museum. They were doing a lot of classes uh, held in the little temple room at the museum, and they were doing rituals and stuff and putting them up online. So, you know, in a lot of ways, Witch School, because of having that space, was able to offer an awful lot of things to people that otherwise would have no way of ever seeing or experiencing those types of things. Again, it's not my style, but I think it was great to offer that opportunity for people. So of course that's an unfortunate thing to see lost and you know apparently there's going to be some I I don't know if I don't know if cuz I hadn't seen anything about whether or not um Reverend Don was going to be moving out of Salem. I believe Ed Hubbard is moving or did move um or maybe wasn't ever actually living here. Um but I know that now with the museum being closed there's probably going to be a lack of all of those things because a lot of the um, people that you see in those videos are either residents of Salem or they're local to Salem and are, you know, young. And that was, you know, kind of their big thing is, you know, the young witches of Salem. And so now I don't know what's going to happen with all of those people. But, um, you know, one thing about Salem that it's, you know, having a business in Salem is really tough. And, you know, especially if you listen to, <laughs> if you listen to anything that Christian Day has to say about doing business in Salem, you'll understand why. I mean, it's, Salem is, you got three things to, that you're fighting against when you open any business in Salem. Competition, it's a tourist town, and it's expensive. So Salem's not a cheap city at all by any means. There, you know, if you open a museum, there's, you know, you can spit and hit three museums. I mean, you know, this is not a place that's lacking, you know, museums on witchcraft. Certainly the museum that they had, their theme and their purpose was different than most of the others. There is a museum in town that um actually believe two of them that have kind of tried to take the sort of looking at the modern movement of paganism at the end of their exhibits to kind of expand on you know this wasn't just a thing of old you know there's there is a new generation and here's a little bit of what it is but that was very largely what you know obviously the world of witches museum was was looking at and you've got the fact that it is a tourist town and it's a seasonal tourist town October is one of the biggest months, obviously, because Salem has their haunted happenings, which is a month long festival of activities and events that happen. And, you know, Salem often becomes, you know, insane during that month. But this October, it was really tame. And a lot of the reason why was because the economy is just terrible. So people don't have the money to go away for a week or a weekend and spend a ton of money in Salem because especially in October, coming here is not cheap. You know, going to these museums, you know, it's, you know, $15, $20 a pop. And if, you know, you want to go to everything that's here, I mean, you're going to spend an awful lot of money to, you know, take two or a family of four or whatever out for a weekend. So there was that. There was the, I had read in one of the, um, I think it was in the article that Jason had on the Wild Hunt, where there had been the hope, I guess, that maybe with the 
sort of warmer weather that we had during the winter that it would draw some people out to the museum and it didn't. And I mean, we did have a fairly mild weather. We had one big snowstorm that really didn't even hit our area too terribly bad. And that was right at the end of October, right around Samhain. And honestly, even in the warmer month of December, walking around Salem, it was still pretty dead. I mean, there are a lot of shops and a lot of museums close from November to April or May because it's just dead. It doesn't matter what the weather is. People still aren't really, you know, taking time off in the winter to go on vacation. So, you know, even shops that, you know, there's one store in town I kept going, I wanted to specifically go to this one shop. This is all through like December and January. Specifically wanted to go to this one shop because they have a lot of jewelry and I was looking for a, a couple new pieces of jewelry. And every time when I would go down to the post office a couple times a week, I would drive by this one shop to see if they were open and they were not open for two months. Every time I went down there, they were closed. And then finally at some point, in February, I just perchance happened to go in and they were open. And I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, people just don't open up or whatever because it's just dead and there's not much happening and the weather's whatever and just, you know, there's not a lot of people around. So Salem's tough. It is kind of like feast or famine during certain parts of the year. And, you know, obviously for them, it just wasn't working out and it wasn't, you know, worth putting, you know, Reverend Don through the stress, obviously, of trying to keep that open. And apparently they just didn't have... I guess what they felt were reliable backup sources of, of staffing and management. So they decided to just close, but it was weird. Cause it was just all of a sudden, like I have decided to close the museum. We're not opening up again. <laughs> it was very sudden, which I think was the big thing. Cause a lot of people, if anyone remembers back when the museum, I think it was either right before they opened or right after they actually started a kickstart account to raise money to pay for exhibits for the museum. And I believe they had raised somewhere around $4,800 or something for exhibits. And now the museum's closing. And so a lot of people have been like, not upset, but just like, oh, that's too bad because I donated X number of dollars to the museum for exhibits. I never got a chance to go and see it. And I was going to go this summer or this October or whatever. And so, you know, it's a weird situation, I guess. But, you know, obviously we hope that everything works out. But interesting. Interesting, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, all right, stay tuned, and hopefully we'll have more information. Um, you're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast here on the Pagan Radio Network, and we're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to some good pagan music and a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about authenticity and ecstatic witchcraft as part of our continuing work with ecstatic witchcraft here on the Modern Witch Podcast.
Hi there, I'm Storm Fairy Wolf from the Mystic Dream, the online spiritual supply store catering to magic, witchcraft, and spirit. Check out our online store where you will find crystals, candles, ritual supplies, and herbs, or browse over our large selection of free spells and rituals. And while you're at it, why not book a psychic reading with some of the most talented mediums, clairvoyants, and tarot experts in the modern occult world? We also offer magical and conjure services like setting of lights, custom mojos, and a wide range of our very own conjure and magical products blended in-house handcrafted oils, bath salts, powders, waters, incense, dressed candles, and more. Available only at The Mystic Dream. Visit us online at www.themysticdream.com or give us a call at 925-933-2342. The Mystic Dream, where ancient wisdom meets the new aeon.
Welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for the Modern Witch. You're listening to us here on the Pagan Radio Network. And uh, Rowan, we're about to kind of embark upon our, our second part of our um, discussion on ecstatic witchcraft. And today we're going to be talking about authenticity and living an authentic life. Now, when when you hear you know that term authentic, authentic self or authentic life, <laughs> what I mean, what comes to mind? Other than that was a mouthful. Um, <laughs> well, usually the idea of um, you know just being yourself and doing the things that you want to do with your life and on your path without feeling the need to be influenced by other people around you or not so much influence maybe because obviously we're all influenced by other people that we encounter and meet along our path but you know feeling the need to do what other people tell you to do or you know things that don't feel like like yeah that's what I want to do <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like when it was someone else's idea not yours kind of thing right now yeah, absolutely I know one of the things that often comes up when when, when we're talking about this in uh, in class is that um, it, you know, it's, it's one of those new agey kind of terms that a lot of practitioners just kind of walk away from because it was too fluffy bunny. I said it, I said fluffy bunny. Um, but at the same point in time, I, I think that that all really depends on what context you're taking it in and, and what is your spiritual work for this moment? You know, it, just because it's something that is, you know, a, a term that would maybe have been coined in the new age movement, it doesn't make it any less valid or any more or any less witchy. You know, and um, because, you know, Rowan, your authentic self is is different from my authentic self. And, um, and you know, that doesn't make our souls any lighter necessarily. Um, but it just is what it is. You know, and we live authentically. And the reason that you you really need to, if you're going to be working with ecstatic witchcraft, the reason why this becomes so important is that one of the largest parts of ecstatic witchcraft is, is really to develop a very beautiful understanding of ourselves and the work within ecstatic witchcraft is that unfolding of ourselves and within the universe and how we affect it and how it it affects us and you know all of those kinds of things so if you're living a life that is not as authentic as um maybe you could be um, what are these, what, what are some of the things that actually come up with that? Um, what, what are, what, what are the damage that is done, you know, um, by not living authentically as a witch? I, you, you give away your power for one. I mean, that's, and that's a big thing. I think a lot of people who are newer to the craft often kind of lose touch with that authentic self because they, especially if you're someone who's come from an organized religion and you're used to having a pastor or a minister or some kind of, you know, person who's guiding you and kind of not so much telling you what to do, but kind of suggesting maybe sometimes just flat out telling you, but you know, you have a lot of other influences that are, you know, kind of guiding you and pushing you and leading you down, you know, down your path. And then you come to the craft where it's, very much not like that, but it can be, you know, it can be if you choose to sort of go that route. And, you know, I honestly think that if you choose to go that route, I think it's, you know, in the beginning, it can be good because it can be helpful to make you feel comfortable and kind of give you that opportunity to learn a little and, and get your, your sea legs, so to speak. But you have to eventually kind of reevaluate that. And I think that for a lot of people, if they get into the habit of maybe being in a group or a coven that has a priest or high priestess, that's very, 
I guess, for lack of a better term, dominating, but, you know, just very in control of what what you're learning and what you're doing, you lose your authentic self in that because you're not doing necessarily doing what you want to do, believing what you want to believe, following your path. You're basically doing the same thing that you did when you were in whether it was whether you were a Catholic, a Baptist, whatever you were, you're basically doing the same thing, but just in a different religion. And I don't feel that the craft is meant to be that way. So I think that when we're in those kinds of groups, working with those kinds of people, we give away a lot of our personal power and our authentic self because we're saying to someone else, okay, I am a witch and, and I can do all these wonderful things and I have all this wonderful access to energy and power within me, but you're going to tell me how I can use that and when I can access it and how to access it. That's not being powerful or being your authentic self. That's, again, it's just following someone else's cues. And that's kind of, you know, you're giving away a lot when you do that. So I think that that's, and that's kind of like a newbie beginner trap that many people fall into. And it's just a matter of whether or not you figure out that you don't need that and you can, you know, do it yourself or that there are certainly tons of wonderful priests and priestesses out there who want to show you how to embrace your authentic self as opposed to taking away that sense of authenticity, you know. So it's also about finding the right teacher too. Right. I, I think that's something that, that has come up and has really developed out of the way that witchcraft at one point was taught and the values that witchcraft and, and covens and, and kind of traditions um, would hold, you know, there's a lot of secrecy. There, there was a lot of um, just groups not getting along with other groups, and there was, a, there was, a, it was very interesting. So, the idea of absolute loyalty, the idea of absolute, um, almost surrender of power to your presiding high priest or high priestess was a a big part of the craft at one point in time. And I think that, at least on my part, what I've seen from other other priests and priestesses and other people who are teaching right now is that we were all kind of reared in that and we we felt the damage that that caused. And so as teachers now, we're looking at it and saying, wait a minute, there, there's this missing piece of this mystery that is here because you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're giving your power away. Um, and it's working retrograde for yourself. Right. You know, well, and, and, and actually you bring up something that I think is important to discuss as part of that idea of authentic self is the idea of secrecy because secrecy is an issue that comes up quite a bit in these specific mm -hmm. situations. People feel like, well, why do I have, you know, why is this person telling me I can't share this with other people? And, you know, why won't they tell me this is a big thing that you hear a lot from people, especially who are new, you know, I'm in this coven and they won't tell me certain things where I'm not allowed to come to these rituals or these events. And secrecy, it, it, it really falls into a sense of ecstatic practice. Because when you have, for example, an initiation ritual, let's say that you're going to initiate into your first degree with a with a group and you up to that point in that year were not allowed to attend other people's initiation rites and you've been left out of that process. The idea of bringing you into a rite like an initiation rite without you knowing what to expect really does kind of bring you into that ecstatic state because you go in not knowing and everything is like this big, new, very spiritually igniting setting. And it's just, especially if you go through a very traditional initiation, right, where there's 
binding and blindfolding and scourging and all of that. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that happens there that is very tied to an ecstatic practice that if you knew it was coming up, you're, you've sort of lost a little of that experience because you're like, all right, well, I know that I'm going to be blindfolded and I'm going to get scourged on my way in. Like, you know, okay, well, so now it's not going to have the same effect. So like if you've attended that right already for someone else and you're still waiting to go through it, now you know exactly what to expect. It kind of loses some of the power that it, it has for you, especially in an ecstatic sense, you know, when you go into it. So secrecy mm-hmm. has a very big, you know, I think there's a difference between secrecy in that way and secrecy and, you know, I refuse to tell you anything about witchcraft because you're not in my coven. I think that's, you know, that's different. And I think that, you know, secrecy can definitely be used to hold power over people, which is obviously a bad form of secrecy. But when you look at secrecy and you look at the actual process of magic and ritual, it does have its place. And especially for an ecstatic experience, it is very, you know, key in certain situations. So, Mm -hmm. so there is that too. Well, and speaking of secrecy and, and, relation to ecstatic work one of the things that that comes up a lot is um and this used to just be a total no-no and i know now i think people have become a lot more laxed about it but it used to be that we were all taught that once you cast a spell you don't talk about it right you don't show it to anybody you you know it is it is something that is is in the astral so to speak and it's kind of manifesting itself but what what was really happening was that you had, after you had cast that spell, you were given a period of time in which you were connected to the the other world. You know, you cast that spell that is that is plugging you right in. You know, we all know that. And so you had this this period of time where you were really connected with Source. You were really connected with the Divine. And that was the time that you, you almost carried, it was, it's kind of like the Olympic torch. You know, you carried this flame with you and it was this understanding that you just had to go do this work and you were going to sit back and you were going to watch it manifest. If you talk about it, then you're kind of letting the steam, you know, out of the pot. And actually, one of my my, my one of my fairy teachers, Anar, um, has a whole thing about keep the lid on the pot, keep the lid on the pot. And that that really just gets down to you're building up pressure. You're building up energy. And if you're going around and you're telling everyone about it, then you're not really giving your chance yourself the chance to build up that steam. Well, and there's other stuff to that, too. Because if you're telling everybody what you're doing, like, for example, say you're doing a spell because you want to get a raise, and you're telling everybody, oh, I did a spell because I want to get a raise, and there are people who are like, no, you don't deserve this, that, or the other. Now you've mm-hmm. got the potential of people knowing that you're doing a certain type of working and if they're the kind of person that either want to intentionally trip you up or want right, to right. send something negative to your work now they know exactly what you're doing and god forbid if you've been telling them exactly like step by step and this is the spell i did <laughs> you know now right, everybody right. knows exactly what you've been doing they know what your intentions are they know everything about it and if they can either just send negative and negative energy or you know intention out into the universe towards you and what you're doing or they can work specifically work magic against it so there's you know that's another Mm -hmm. reason why 
keeping things kind of secret. It is that aspect of building up the pressure and building up the energy, but it's also that aspect of keeping everybody else's jealous nosy noses out of your, Mm -hmm. your business. Well, yeah, it's, well, you end up crossing yourself when you're, when you're talking about your, your spell work while it's in progress, you know, unless you're doing it with other people, but you end up crossing yourself because, you know, kind of along the lines of what you were just saying, you know, if you tell, you know, Susie that you're doing this, this, you know, spell to help you find a job and Susie also has been looking for a job. And so, and I just, Susie, I'm not actually talking about you. I realized I have a student who's listening and her name is Susie. <laughs> um, it was just a random name that I pulled out. Um, but anyway, so, you know, if Susie's also needing to do a, you know, a, a spell for a job, then she's going to, she's going to end up hanging up on your energy, man. Right, you know, right. I mean, she's going to end up hold on to that. And so that's part of it. The other part of it is, let's say you go and you do this, this, you know, this spell to get a job. And about midway through this working, something completely different unfolds for you because that's what the spell was actually there to do. And so you may not be getting that job at the bank, you think, but you're actually going to end up getting this job at a, at a, you know, at a florist. And, and this is going to set you off in a different way. If you're talking about how you're doing all this work for this one specific thing, and then first, and then again, you don't get the chance to have it manifest in your life, then you've just crossed yourself. You're telling the entire universe this is what is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. Um, so that stuff happens all the time in our spell work, all the all the all the, all the time in our spells. We have to be really careful that we aren't we aren't setting ourselves up, you know. And that's one of the things in the magazine. Um, there's an article I wrote called Ten Things You Can Do Now to Make Your Magic More Effective." And I know one of the points we talk about is yo-yoing your energy. That's to send it out and then just to bring it right back in. You know, if you're if you're doing a spell to get that job and you go out and the first three days, you know, you haven't had one lead, that's going to screw with your energy body. That's going to screw with, you know, how you feel about the working. And if you've told everyone, then everyone's going to know that it's day three and you haven't actually right. gotten a job yet. Right. And then you have that embarrassment on your shoulders and then that creates a block for you. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of stuff that we have to be very careful about. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you had something to add. No, to that. I just um, you know I I agree with you completely because I think that one of the biggest things that we end up doing when we do that sort of magic and we you know any kind of magic and we start telling people is that we kind of forget that now we've sort of especially if you're telling people that you know who are not practitioners, you're now kind of putting out this vibe out there where now everyone's going to kind of be so did it work? Is it working? Mm-hmm. You know, you said you did a you know you were doing a spell to meet someone, did you meet someone? And then you got people asking you. And kind of like, you know, trying to hold your magic accountable. And and that's just going to stress you out more because then you're going to be like, well, God, it's been two weeks and I haven't met anyone or I haven't heard anything about a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did I do something wrong? And now, you know, so there is that too. Uh, you know, one of the things that's, that's come up that's in correlation with this discussion for me um, in my own spiritual working, um, actually really, really recently, is that I have begun working with a goddess and this is not an un- she's not like an uncommon goddess by any means, but she specifically told me not to tell anybody who she was, and that that was a that that I could I can eventually because there'll be something that's you know that'll do that. But right now it's just kind of about um, being one on one with her and working with her, and it's been very intense because. I mean, so much so, and the, and the specific point of working with her is to, um, is as a guide, you know, on the path of, of, of the witch. And, um, 
one of the things that that has come through big time um, is, you know, like I'm, I'll be sitting around going, oh, gosh, this thing just isn't working out. This isn't what I wanted. And, oh, this isn't. And then I'll get this this idea in my in my head. I need to get up right now and do this spell. And it's supposed to be done this very specific way, you know, and then I'll do it. And then I'll just kind of sit back and wait and watch. And you know, everyone thinks I'm crazy because I'm, you know, off having random conversations with the air. But, you know, <laughs> hey, it's. That's just being a medium. But yeah, you know, that's one of the, so I've been having that experience where I have this secret goddess and I'm really enjoying not actually talking about her with other people. You know what I mean? Like the intimate details. Um, but people, you know, but then that, that's weird because then people are, well, what are you doing? Why won't you tell me? Why won't you? Because it's none of your damn business. That's why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and aside from just, you know, that, that idea of secrecy, which is, again, such an important part of our modern witchcraft world um, and its relationship to living authentically, there are, of course, some other things that are going to come up. So we're going to take a break. We're going to listen to some more music. And when we come back after this break, we're going to continue our discussion about living authentically and how that affects us in our magic. And once again, you're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast here on the Pagan Radio Network. Face at dawn and another in the twilight. 
Welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for the modern witch. You're listening to us on the Pagan Radio Network, and uh, I'm your host, Devin Hunter, and of course, we are here with your lovely hostess, Rowan Pendragon, and uh, we're talking ecstatic witchcraft and living an authentic lifestyle. So, Rowan, in the discussion, we had been talking about the importance of being able to live an authentic lifestyle. Let's talk about putting that that practice to work in our own lives. What are some of the ways um, that we can we can actually work on this, adding this this idea of being an authentic self into our day to day? Well, I think you know me. I tend to be pretty blatant and like right in your face about it. I just my big thing is you know take no bullshit. You know, I, I honestly think that's the biggest thing. You know, really, and for a lot of people, that's tough, you know, to not take crap from other people, because when you when you put yourself in a situation where you're allowing yourself to be criticized in a negative way, I mean, there's and there's a difference between negative criticism and constructive criticism. So let's be clear on that. But allowing yourself to have like we talked about having your power taken away, being criticized by other people, feeling the need to fill a sort of mold or vision that other people may have of you. I think that that is, it's really hard for some people to get to that place where those things are not really issues for them. But I think that those are really the keys to putting that into place because that's how on a day to day basis, we remain our authentic selves is by, you know, not feeling that we have to fit a mold and kind of just doing what, we feel is best for us and that and i think that if you're somebody who's already on this path if you're you've already ventured into that then you're already kind of on your way it's just now kind of retooling it a little (laughs) to make it more you know like refined but um i think that that's a big part of it not letting other people kind of get in your way and and also not getting in your own way too because we're all pretty good at that i think but um being mindful i think is a big thing being mindful of when someone is is getting in that way for you and knowing when to, again, if you, because I know one of your big things is talking about being self-possessed. And if you're self-possessed and you can say, okay, this person is just trying to like mess with my life and being able to say, okay, I recognize that this is not constructive and that this is harmful. I recognize it's intentional and it's not unintentional. And now I need to stand up for myself and fix it. I think that's kind of the big thing. I absolutely. I, I, one of the things that that's really coming to mind right now is, um, is actually the pentacle of sovereignty. Um, and for those of you at home who, who don't know what that is, that is, um, within the living temple of Diana, one of the, the tools that we work with is something called the pentacle of sovereignty. And it's actually, um, I kind of, um, practiced in the same way that the iron pentacle is done um there's more things to trip you up i think <laughs> with the pentacle of sovereignty um because it's definitely one of the things, things you have to kind of sit and and, and uh, look at i'll put some information up online about it because there's a <clears throat> excuse me there, there's a good practice there but um being being able to be sovereign in in these types of situations i, I think we have to wear our crowns all the time i don't think we really get to take them off and so you know, part of the, the, the work with the Pentacle of Sovereignty is, is 
not only becoming aware of your own sovereignty, but also becoming aware simultaneously of the sovereignty of other beings, of other creatures, of other people. And so it isn't so much about you standing alone. It is about you seeing yourself as a very important part of of a very important part that is a very important part of a bigger, very important part. And so once you can, you can move through your life and your existence, not yeah, actually, you know, kind of caring that I'm not going to take any bull. Um, but also it, when you have to approach that instead of becoming the victim, instead of becoming, you know, deflective, instead of becoming somebody who could becomes angry and upset, that's such a waste of your life force, you know, instead go into that situation thinking as a sovereign being, you know, what really is the best here? What really is the best, um, you know, road to take or option here? And we talk about being a sovereign being, what we're talking about is, you know, hey, if you were well, one of my favorite movies, Elizabeth, like watch that movie. Everyone watch that movie um, because it's it's how she handles herself and throughout it. It's it's that she has this struggle between what is best for her and what is best for her people. And in the movie, she ends up making a lot of sacrifices as queen so that she could um, serve her you know serve her people. But the point that's interesting and to my to my point rather is um, it's again it's how she handles herself when she has to go and make a decision she's really going in with this understanding that she has to respect the people that she's serving but she also has to respect her position as well and i think part of sovereignty is seeing both sides of the coin so that you understand the coin and and so when you're going into these situations if you feel threatened or you feel like hey this this person's trying to mess with me take a step back look at the big picture and and approach it from a place that understands the variables understands your own variables am i just being sensitive to somebody because i i have a history of being sensitive um is this person being sensitive because they have a history of being sensitive and if that's the case then what really should be done here it isn't that we should curse the the crazy bitch so that she makes she becomes even crazier it's that we should look for ways in which to help build blocks between us and them um, help to kind of, you know, make yourself unseen to them, make make you not a big point of their focus. You know, those are the things we can be doing. Um, but I think there's something to be said about taking that step back and really surveying the property. You know, I'm always telling my clients that, you know, going with the flow is a really important thing. Um, it's an incredibly, incredibly important thing. But every once in a while, you have to take a step out and you have to stand on the banks because you have to see where the hell it's taking you, you know. And so before you before you allow yourself to become, you know, just completely swept away with um, emotion or, you know, any of those things, think about, you know, if, if you were a king or a queen and you had to make this decision, how would it affect you? How would it affect, you know, the, the, the people that are in your lives, you know, the people that you're here as a witch to serve, the people that you're here as a witch to connect to, um, you know, those kinds of things. I know it sounds silly, but but everything is, is, everything's energy at the end of the day. And we all know that magic follows the path of least resistance. And so we have to keep an eye on ourselves as we're living authentically, that we're not putting resistance 
to connectivity. We're not putting resistance to um, being able to see the other avenues that our magic can take place um, because we were, were emotional in that moment or any of those things. You know, again, think of yourself as a sovereign being. If you are sovereign, how will you handle this situation? You know, if you are a self-possessed person, how will you handle this situation? You know, because truth be told, the reason why people push your buttons is because they installed them. I mean, that's how it works. And so if you just keep letting them push that button, then you're just letting them have that power. You know, I mean, that's exactly what it is. Well, it's totally parasitic. And here's you know, another and it's totally parasitic. thing to that, too. We often kind of get the lines between our craft, at least I should say many people get their lines between the, their craft and their, quote, mundane life kind of very well defined. So... This is one of those ways where you blur that line in a sense, because think about it this way. If you are someone who in your magical practice feel very empowered when you're in a cast circle or doing a ritual or casting a spell or whatever, you feel very, you know, not this term not being met in the way we normally think of it, but being very full of yourself, being very full of your power and you feel very strong in those settings and in those times but then when you come out of that setting and you're in your day-to-day -day life you tend to find yourself just naturally becoming more withdrawn meek easy to be the doormat you know that's something that needs to be worked on you need to learn how to bring that feeling of power that you have in a magical setting into your day-to-day -day life because you shouldn't have such defined lines between them they should be blurred and it should be one just existence and that's often i find at least when i deal with my own clients if i have someone who is a magical practitioner and who's you know comes to me for a reading or, or counseling with an issue like for example somebody who's taking advantage of them like at work or something like that and they talk about how you know I've done spells and I've done this and I've done that and I just don't know what the problem is can you get down to it for me it inevitably nine times out of ten is just that you know they're they're almost like living two lives you know it's almost like having two personalities your magical personality is so strong and you can get in there and you can do the magic and that's great but then you come out and you're creating those blocks you're stopping that you're creating that path of resistance because you're living so differently in your daily life than you are in that in that moment well see i i have to you know this is one of my favorite things to complain about um this this very thing i'm so so glad you brought this up um because one of the things that i really really stress with every student i've ever had is that you have to you, you you can't be two people you can't be the witch and then and then you know take your pointy hat off and then become the mom you are witch mom you know you you are that 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 entity you cannot split that and like rowan was just saying you're building resistance energetically if you think of your life force as as a liquid or as a fluid um you know that it is your life force is flowing through your energy body it is flowing through you and what you're doing when you split your personality which is really what it is you know you're you're splitting your identity um you're taking that that wonderful flow of energy and you're building a a fork in it 
And so you're actually splitting that river. And so all of a sudden, the force and momentum that your life force would normally have, that it would have, I say normally have, but would have if you were aligned, if you were, you know, living an authentic lifestyle, all of a sudden you become split and you don't have the momentum to your energy. You do not have that momentum to your magic. And I, you know, and I've seen people who, you know, are crazy, awesome, like CEOs of companies and are witches, you know, and they, they, they straddle that because here's the thing, folks, what is a witch? What does a witch look like? You know, we're not saying go jump out of the broom closet if you need to be there. You're concerned for your own safety. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that you're putting the tools of witchcraft into your mundane life. You're, you're not separating the two. You know, if you're, if you're concerned about something and you're in the middle of work, you know, hey, check out the tarot. What are the tarot saying? You know, use your tools. Um, you, you can't be a witch part-time. It doesn't work. It, it just doesn't. And, and because we get a lot of um, half-hearted witches. And I know, you know, you guys at home are listening to this and you're saying, well, yeah, but, you know, Rowan's a full-time witch, Devin's a full-time witch, because we, we chose to actually do this as a, a career path for ourselves um, because of the work that we were already doing. And, and yeah, that's absolutely true. But before I was doing this, I was working, you know, and I had to work a full-time job. I was going to school full-time and I was leading, uh, or I was working with the Pagan Community Council of Ohio, which had 200 and something members. And so and that was a full-time work in itself and coaching and having private classes. And so there, I, I know it's difficult, folks. And Rowan, you were in like the corporate world, you know, and you, you, you straddled that line. You know, you, you have to be the coin, folks. You can't be one side of it. And so it, it dramatically affects your ability to, to well, handle yourself. And it dramatically affects your ability to uh, cast magic that is going to pack the wallop that you might need for those things. You know, and, and of course, before I jump off the soapbox, <laughs> um, one of the things that, uh, you know, and I'm not, I, I was trained Wiccan. I don't identify as Wiccan any longer. But one of the things that I, I think actually the most powerful thing that I actually got from Wicca was, was a part of the Wiccan read. I mean, ironically, you know, because the tools were great, you know, and all. But what really affected me was this was was a little couplet in the read, which is um, when misfortune is now wear the blue star on thy brow. And what that means is that when life gets you down, you don't run away from your spirituality, you run to it. You know, and and we have to start putting these these instruments in our daily lives so that we are we are able to reach out and grab our magic. We're able to reach out and become interactive with our magic when we need it, because we are the witches. You know, that's what it really gets down to, you know, hanging out with your friends on the weekends and casting a circle is all well and good. But what are you doing? You know, every other, the and, rest I, of the and time. again, that's part of just being your authentic self. That's part of, you know, being a witch is who you are. Then that's who you are 24 seven, not, you know, once a month, twice a month, eight times a year, whatever, you know, which those, those yeah. are the people that if you and now, and I'll, so I'll speak specifically of my experience running, um, large public circles and, and covens, there was a group that I helped to run for a couple of years that was a public pagan church. And we had every, you know, Sabbath did a ritual and, but we did every month classes and full moon rituals and things like that. But 
on those eight public everything again everything was public but on those eight public sabbaths that we would have we would see pretty much the same eight people or same people come to those eight events every every time that didn't come to anything else now obviously people have their reasons for why they you know go to what they go to but a lot of times it it came off very strongly with certain people that it was just well this is the time that you're supposed to you know be pagan because it's the solstice or the equinox or whatever and that just kind of, you know, to me, it's like you're not fully building your your path and your energy in, in your path. It's like, well, it's like the people that, you know, and I, this was me <laughs> back when I, when I was young and, and attempting, attempted to be raised Catholic. It was like, you know, you went to church on Easter and Christmas and like, that was it. Like, and what's the point of that? You know? So again, it's that idea of, you know, should it, it now this is not to say, and, and I am someone who does kind of advocate to, especially my students that I take on who are new, to do daily ritual. But as you get older or move on in your path, you don't need to do ritual daily so much. And it becomes something you might do a couple times a week or something. But you need to have something, something, it, it could be five minutes. It could, you know, I'm a big advocate of the meditate in the shower in the morning. You know, there needs to be something that's, that's, touching you to that current on a daily basis and that you're exchanging that energy with to keep the force going. And for a lot of people, they don't do it. There is that, oh, well, it's the full moon. Now's the time to do it. Or, well, it's, you know, litha. Now's the time to do it. You know, instead of saying, well, I do it every day. And that's, that's a big part, again, to tie into authentic self is that if this is who you are, this is who you are. If this is the path you've chosen to walk, it's the path you've chosen to walk and it's not a part-time thing. That's where when you have people, because this just pisses me off, that's when you then have people who are like, oh, well, I cast spells and they just don't ever seem to manifest. Well, what else are you doing to build your magical life force? Well, really nothing. I don't have the time. Well, then guess what? There's your answer as to why nothing seems to work for you because you're not putting it to use. It's like, you, it's like the people that read two books and all of a sudden they're a high priestess. I mean, you have to spend the time and put in the energy. And it's different than other religions, especially for someone who may have come into this from Catholicism, for example. When you're, when you're you know, like, like I was when you're a kid and you're being raised Catholic and you're going to CCD classes, you go to this class once a week, you sit in a room, you read a book, someone tells you a story and you go home and like, that's it. Like, there's nothing that you have to really do other than go, oh yeah, well that was, you know, I, I understand that or I believe in whatever that was and, and that's it. And that's all you have to tell yourself and you're good. And then you go and you make your confirmation and you do whatever. And then you just say you're expected to go to church and throw some money in the box every week, you know, and that's it. There's really nothing that you're expected to do. The The problem with a lot of that is then that people kind of, you know, there's this whole issue in that I discovered in Catholicism where you weren't really taught to develop the personal relationship with with Jesus or with Mary, what have you. And that's one of the things that is very stressed in paganism is to develop a personal relationship with your ancestors and your gods. And that takes work and it takes time. And that means putting the things that you learn into practice and not just going, oh, yeah, so I read this book and learned about meditation and I believe meditation works and that's it. You know, I did it once and it was great. You know, you need to do it on a regular basis. And if you want to be able to work magic, especially working magic with 
you know, deity or with ancestors, you need to develop those relationships, which we've talked about extensively in the past. And that's part of the problem with, again, not being your authentic self, but expecting that things are just going to, you know, fall into place and work for you. It just doesn't work. Just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And and I think the the last point that I want to bring up under the topic of, 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 you know, being an authentic self is pride. And this is, this is a very, very, um, kind of missed thing i think in paganism a lot these days you have to be proud of who you are you have to be proud of every part of you even the parts you don't really care for you got to be proud of them and you have to be able to look at yourself along your path and see all the beautiful wonderful things you have created just as much as you see the the beautiful wonderful things that you have destroyed that's that's the path unfolding. That's the path of a witch. When we have pride for something, it means that we love it. And, um, you know, pride in a lot of ways is a, a form of self-love. And we, a lot of us come to paganism, um, you know, kind of writing the, the, the shirt tales of, you know, Christianity, where we are, of course, taught that pride is a sin, and I think pride really just brings you into an alignment with your God self. Um, you know, it brings you into alignment with that, that very divine part of you. And of course, there's pride in an egotistical, unchecked, um, unfiltered kind of way um, that, is, that is more so rooted in our ego and, you know, that part of us that's trying to make sense of the world than it is in our higher self. And we're talking about this divine pride, that pride that you feel after you've cast your, you know, a spell for the first time and you can feel that it worked. You know, that pride that you feel when you circled for the first time with other witches and everyone got it, you know, those are the things that you must embody because those are those little markers that we have in our, our path that say, hey, look, you're doing the right thing. It would be like looking for, you know, going through the forest and not looking for the, the breadcrumbs. And, you know, if, if we're looking at pride in the context of a form of self-love, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be really hokey here and say all acts of love and pleasure are my rituals. And so in a, in a lot of ways, and of course, this is, this is an incredibly kind of, I guess, fairy way of looking at it. I guess they've rubbed off on me. Um, but in a lot of ways to take pride in yourself, to honor your God self is truly the most sacred way that we ourselves can worship the gods. And so when you're looking at, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of, of misplaced ego in the pagan community and in the witchcraft community. There's a lot of damage that wasn't dealt with. There's a lot of um, running away into fantasy because it's easier to control. Um, and, you know, we've talked about these things on the show. And I, I say this as a priest, somebody who really is concerned and really, you know, sees these things happening. Um, and a damaging way I say the negative things because, you know, of course, we need the fantasy. We have to have the fantasy. You know, I mean, come on, our religion is 90 percent um, creative visualization, you know, so we need that fantasy. I totally get it. However, you know, you still have to function in, in the rest of the world. And, and part of being a witch in our modern times, part of being a modern witch, I really, truly believe is to be an integrated part of society. You know, we, we're always talking about how our, you know, the, the witches that came before us, you know, how they were accepted in cultures and they were accepted in the villages as good people and good things. Okay, so quit your bitching and go do it. 
I mean, it's really that simple. You know, we can make it as hard as we want to make it, but at the end of the day, it's your decision. You know, are you going to choose to be proud of yourself and to and to use your magic to benefit you? If you if if the universe hands you all the tools you need to actually build your house, build it. You know, it's that simple. We we spend way too much time complaining, you know, about the way things are and not enough time fixing them. And that's because we we come from a, you know, a, a culture, a civilization that is rooted in the ideas that um, in order for us to all work together, someone right. has to be the victim. You know, and it, it's interesting that you bring up some of those things because there's two very specific things that you mentioned that I think are really important to sort of be re-envisioned, re I guess, by a lot of the pagan community. The first being ego. A lot of people look at ego as being like a four-letter word, missing a letter, you know? <laughs> Ego is very important. If it weren't for, you know, there's there's some people and, and, and even in, in certain traditions and certain paths that work so hard to separate from ego. Without your ego, you have no real reason to exist and, and to protect yourself and to sustain yourself. There's, there is a line where ego becomes overwhelming, but you shouldn't try so hard to try and remove yourself from the idea of ego. There's an idea. The, the whole idea of having to have healthy ego and have a healthy concept of your ego self. And that, again, comes down to just, you know, loving yourself, which is the other thing. The idea of self-love is so new agey to people in the pain community that it gets like completely shunned in a lot of ways. A lot of people just go, oh, that new agey self-love crap, blah, blah, blah. You know what? And I, I actually had talked, kind of mentioned this, brought this up on Facebook today. There's an element of the new age community that I think we have kind of in in the pagan community, in the witchcraft community, sort of shunned because of the, the candy coating that it comes in. And we sort of just kind of discount whatever's under the coating because the candy coating is so sparkly and pretty. We just assume it has nothing of value to it. And that, I think, is such a sad thing. It's like if it doesn't look a little dark, it must have nothing of value to it, which is right. Because that's not <laughs> which racist. Which is so untrue. There is, you know, there's a lot of things like, for example, one one particular person in the New Age community who has the candy coating is Doreen Virtue. Now, Doreen Virtue, with her candy coating and the you know, pretty angels and stuff. There is a lot of, of useful information that can be taken within and worked with, with the sort of stuff that she talks about. It's just the way that it's presented to be more palatable. Really, her stuff is aimed at being sort of like new age light that's acceptable to Christians. And a lot of it, though, if you look at it and you're objective in your examination of it, you can find a lot of things that you can bring into you know, a more pagan perspective and work with. But it's the fact that we look at these things like with self-love, because it's a huge thing in the new age community. And we just kind of, meh, it's, it's that, that's not of any use to me because it's so fluffy and new agey, but it's so important to have self-love to be a witch. If you don't have self-love, you, you're missing a huge part of the power that gives you that ability to do what you do. Like it's really In a lot of ways key. it is, absolutely. You know, I, 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 or or even I think okay, here's this is even better. Yeah, it's the volume <laughs> dial. And you know, yeah, you can be playing, you know, on at you know a twelve, and that's fine because it's background music. But 
if you take that deeper mystery route, which is what, you know, the, all the stuff pretty much after Witchcraft 101, it's really all about self-exploration and self-love. Like, I don't care what tradition you're coming from. It's true. You know, it's about your connection to the divine and that kind of stuff. So that's what the deeper mysteries are of witchcraft anyway. I mean, that's really where it's all kind of geared towards. Um, but, you, yeah, you got to be careful. You know, you got to be really careful that you're not falling into that that trap of oh, that's too new agey. I, I would I, one thing that I know uh, so many of us witches have in common is our <laughs> love for Christopher Penzak. You know, he's such a really great author, and that man really has done a lot in all of his publishing and all of his work to bridge the gap between the witchcraft and the new age community. And a lot of the things that you guys at home who read his books and you're like, ooh, this is so interesting, and oh, it's so innovative, and it's new age. He just made it acceptable to you because he's he's good at what he does, and he can see that he, he's you know again like you said he's taken yeah. off the the fluffy stuff and he's seeing what's underneath yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I that's think, what he's giving you guys. And I think that anybody he, you know, who again, it's just that a you know open your eyes and be willing to turn to you know look at things in another way. You know, there's a lot of stuff. I I am actually a really big um, fan of the Abraham Hicks stuff. I love that stuff. And it's very new agey. But you read, you know, Esther and Jerry Hicks's books and you kind of apply, you know, all of that law of attraction stuff that they teach and you look at it. It's stuff that we do magically all the time. It's the way that they present it that makes it more palatable for the general public that makes us think, oh, it's so new agey. It must not have any depth. But if you look, I mean, these are people that have written just, you know, dozens of books on this stuff. And you look at all the different stuff that they've channeled and presented. There is some fascinating stuff in there. But we're so quick to go, oh, no, it's new age. I don't want to touch it. You know, and that's where a lot of, you know, the aspects of self-love and, and you know, the lighter stuff that we need to balance out the ego and all of that. We kind of just shun it because, oh, it's it's. A, it's not witchcraft specific. B, it's not specifically pagan. Oh my God, there might be mention of angels and God, so I can't touch it. You know, like there's that crazy. Right. <laughs> right. It's I not going to make you burn. Thing. Like when I read right. Doreen Virtue stuff, I whenever she uses the term God, in my mind, I'm not reading it as Jesus or the Christian God or whatever. To me, it's God the divine the divine being of creation, not necessarily a specific face from a specific religion. And I think that's the first thing to sort of retrain your mind for to make these things more accessible to you. Because believe me, there are things that you will find in that whole area that may be very enlightening for you that you would otherwise have said, oh, I don't want to touch this because you're afraid of, I don't want someone preaching Jesus-y stuff to me or whatever, you know. You just, you have well, to be it's, open-minded. It's kind of like, you know how when you, more self-love you know how when you listen to music, stuff, so. well, you know how when you listen to music and there's like a really fabulous song that you love, but, and it's like a love song and they're singing it to someone of the same sex. So you change the, the wording instead of she, it's he, you know, or in my case, you change it to the same sex. Does anybody else do that? No. Okay. Well, I do that. And that's kind of what I do when I read those books. It's, 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 it's similar. You know, it's, it's kind of like, instead of God, I'm like, and goddess. And it's just, it's an automatic in my brain, you know, these days, just because it is the divine. And I think that we're, we're, we're awful limiting to the divine, aren't we? 
You know, we think we know everything. We think we know the way things are supposed to be. But um, we yet we, we keep cutting off all these these avenues to the divine. So, all right, we will be right back. We're going to take another musical break and uh, we're going to wrap this show up. And uh, we've got some good stuff coming your way. So uh, you're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast on the Pagan Radio Network. The world was formless when we came To light the flame of men's
Welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture. For the Modern Witch, you're listening to us here on the Pagan Radio Network. Um, so, Rowan, all right, so we know, we, we told him about the magazine mm-hmm. and that they can get it at modernwitchmag.com. Mm-hmm. They can order their copies there. Yep. Um, we told them about the, the, the website relaunch, um, yep. and they can go check that out at modernwitchonline.com, which they'll be super, super exciting soon. Um I think those are the big that was those are the big show announcement things, right? Yeah, that's that's our big news for the week. Am I forgetting anything else? Yeah, that's the big news for the week. <laughs> um, yeah, so do check out Modern Witch um, Mag because you know we did it for you guys. Um, well, at least with you guys in mind, anyway. We really did it, you know, for the the awesomeness that it is um, because <laughs> it is really awesome. I have to. It is. It's awesome. I've gotten. I was really shocked. One of the a uh, good friend of mine who's in a coven with me here. Um, He's like in what coven number four, um, but he um, he <laughs> worked in a magazine for a long time, and he did that, and so he took a look at it, and he had very positive things to say, and so coming from like a super professional, that made me very happy. Um, so that was cool, and yeah, so do check that out. Of course, um, one of the things that uh, will be coming up with Modern Witch Online is is you know e-courses we will have lots of interesting e-courses we'll have some other teachers and some authors coming on to teach e-courses as well um we've got uh rowan's blog has manifested into some more awesomeness you have to check that out we'll have the video blog up we'll have um meditations there's gonna be all kinds of cool stuff on modern witch online so check it out now um see the progress as it's happening live um because yeah, it's it's that's the new venture for us. That's the new that's the new face of Modern Witch because now there's we're doing a lot of stuff with Modern Witch and it's all because we've got these great listeners, Rowan. Right. Yes, you know, thank we, you. We've got these like <laughs> incredibly loyal listeners. So so yeah, so um yeah, all right guys. Well we, we do love you and thank you for tuning in on the Pagan Radio Network to listen to this show. And if you are listening to us from the comfort of iTunes um or the direct feed Um, Well, thank you for downloading. We do appreciate that as well. Um, Again, you can check us out online at modernwitchonline.com. And uh, you can check out Rowan at rowanpendragon.com. And uh, yeah, so thank you very much to the Mystic Dream for uh, doing, you know, all the underwriting support for the show. And um, I don't think there's anything else I have to say. Is there, Rowan? Not that I can think of. (laughs) I think we've got it all. Is there anything you need to say? Uh, Is there anything you need to say? Okay. Not that all right. I can well, think then of. there you go. Okay. <laughs> no, so I think it's all been week. said. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. Well, we will see you next week back here on the Pagan Radio Network. We'll be continuing our discussion about ecstatic witchcraft. And oh, you know, there was something I forgot to tell them. Oh no! What? And it's it's really cool stuff. Um, it's about <laughs> Kellyanna. I haven't told oh, them about right, Kellyanna right. yet. 
Yeah, this is yeah, this is big. So Keliana is about to drop her new album, and um, when, when she actually releases it, she's coming on the show. We're going to do a best of Keliana because now she's got a couple albums out. So we're going to do a best of Keliana. We're going to interview Keliana, and she's going to talk. T- you know, talk to us about music and the craft. Um, she can talk to us about her favorite songs. And then we're going to drop the new single off of her new album here on The Modern Witch. And then we hope um, that once we drop it, you pick it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you have to pick it up. Um, and you can only get that here on The Modern Witch, which once again is on the Pagan Radio Network. So, yeah. I mean, this is the coolness. See, we're getting back into our cool stuff because it took us a while to, like, get stabilized. And now we're getting back to doing cool stuff again. So I don't know. I think we're awesome to begin with. Well, we are pretty awesome. <laughs> we are pretty awesome. You know, it's it's just it was natural. It's just totally natural. So, yeah. So check us out online, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Well, you'll you'll hear us next week, rather. Hi there, I'm Storm Fairy Wolf from The Mystic Dream, the online spiritual supply store catering to magic, witchcraft, and spirit. Check out our online store where you will find crystals, candles, ritual supplies, and herbs, or browse over our large selection of free spells and rituals. And while you're at it, why not book a psychic reading with some of the most talented mediums, clairvoyants, and tarot experts in the modern occult world? We also offer magical and conjure services like setting of lights, custom mojos, and a wide range of our very own conjure and magical products blended in-house handcrafted oils, bath salts, powders, waters, incense, dressed candles, and more. Available only at The Mystic Dream. Visit us online at www.themysticdream.com or give us a call at 925-933-2342. The Mystic Dream, where ancient wisdom meets the new aeon.